Geek Shop. He made his message clear when he said, How's that? Do you like that rain better? I like that rain better. It's the who. I mean, you can't not like the who. No, I want to be very specific. I like your rain, whatever oh. happening on the sidelines here. I'm, oh. I'm not a big fan. Don't make me sing Lawyers in Love. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sing Lawyers in Love. I can't remember the words. Lawyers in Love. Even more so, you should sing it. To see <laughs> the words. contract before they fly. Oh. Lawyers in Love. Uh, see? Kay's got the idea. Right. And your verse. Uh, it comes a uh, meeting call of lawyers in love. It's a good start. Yeah. I honestly, it's stuck in my head after you sang whatever it was, Doctors in Love. Young Doctors, doctors in, in Love. love. Yeah. yeah. Lawyers in Love. No, they young charge love. by the hour. And that doctors a- don't? Uh, fine point. Uh, there is nothing implying doctors don't in that statement. Right. Mm. Young Doctors in Love. Ha. Nobody here remembers that movie. I remember nope. it existing. Yes. I never saw it. I, I think that's a thing. I think very few people saw it. Yeah. I movie. don't think I'm even aware of its existence. I think the only reason I know that part of the song is because it was in the trailer for the movie. Ah. Wasn't ah. it uh, you know, Matthew Modine? Maybe. I really don't know. But you know what? I'm going to have to throw that on my Netflix queue. If it's out there on DVD and, and Netflix it. has it, I'm going to have to watch. I doubt it's on Netflix. 18 months from now. Dude, Sean Young is in it. There's some surprising things on Netflix. Not, you know, don't forget, I'm not doing digital. I'm doing their discs. Oh, my God. So, oh. Sean Young, yes. Michael McKean, Hector Lanzando, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, See, Dabney Coleman, yeah. Michael Richards. Dabney Coleman is first rate. Taylor Negron, one of my favorite oh, that guys. He's fantastic. Uh, Patrick McNee, Demi Moore, and, of course, Ted McGinley. I have to watch Young Doctors <laughs> in Love. That is a cast. Yeah. You know that movie's going to be great. Yowza. I don't think the movie's going to be great. Mm. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 446. <laughs> Associate producer Jerry Bruckheimer. That's all you need to know. <laughs> all you need to know. You forgot to mention Taylor Negron being in it. He I said, said uh, Taylor Negron. Like, I'm very excited about Taylor Negron. Yeah, he said like four sentences oh, about it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I missed that. I thought you were just being racist. No. <laughs> I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. Not a racist, damn it. And we're here to talk. Negron is a geek. perfectly acceptable word. Sure. That's what. Yo, my Negron. That's, that's what they say. <laughs> it's right Negron. up there next to I'm not a racist, but. Yes. That's a perfectly acceptable word. Being a racist butt? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Alrighty then. <laughs> Taylor Negron is like one of the best parts in the aristocrats. He's delightful in the aristocrats. Yes. And he is absolutely fantastic in the Whoopi Boys. Yes, he is. Yes, yes where he talks about the Illuminati. <laughs> God, I forgot about the Whoopi Boys. It's mm. easy to forget about the Whoopi Boys, but never. Forget about the Whoopi Boys. Well, you're the one that showed me the VHS. Like <laughs> It's Rodriguez's finest hour. Mm. 25 VHS. years ago. Wow. Wow. Proper. Gentlemen, before we get into the geeky things, uh, everyone who wrote in for the uh, Help Brian Keene book drawing, mm. uh, that is now closed. So, okay. Oh, shit. So we have all of our entries, and so I will be choosing those very soon, and you'll... Winners will be receiving emails from me to get your addresses and such. Now, what are what are the uh, what are the uh, how are you choosing them? 
I am going to use the classic uh, dice method. Oh, yeah. oh, it's gonna be like, random. It's not. It's not, not drawing names from a hat. merit based. No. No. It's, if you entered, you have a chance to win a keen book, and then. So, so my essay was pointless. Your essay was entertaining. Oh. Not but necessarily ultimately pointless, pointless. Oh. but ultimately because you are part of the company, you cannot be a part of the... You never said that. You're right. I told I you, you should have submitted it's in under the fine a pseudonym. Print. Yeah, you didn't submit under a pseudonym, did you? Uh, no, and if you see something from Armando Capiaro, don't feel, don't feel that you have to pick it. <laughs> I will not. But uh, I will be making those uh, choices very soon, so be expecting emails those who entered in and uh frankly there has there wasn't all that many that entered in really came down to it i was very surprised i mean more than the books that we're going to give away okay so i will say that if you submitted an email there's a high chance you're probably going to get a book woohoo if you didn't man you're super unlucky but not setting up some kids to feel real bad that's what i want that's what i want jake is going to be so upset these are harsh lessons Mm. that will be learned jake's had enough harsh lessons can like the people that lose? Can you like take another book and just send them a few pages of it? Just rip out, just, yeah. <gasps> just like split one Brian Keene book between them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> then they could sort of chain letter, right? You know, just oh send, yes. Oh, I need the next section, yeah. Jamie. Okay, Jake. Oh yeah, that's a uh, socialist book. It's building it's community. Send me the third section, okay? <laughs> oh. Uh, and, of course, for the book club, we are currently discussing Nine Princes in Amber by Roger Zelazny. I'm nearly finished, not quite there, but uh, the discussion has opened. My favorite part yeah? is when Attenborough takes the blood of one of the princes out of the amber and clones them and opens up a theme park. Oh, yeah. Mm. Dun, 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 and that dun, sets it up for dun, eight dun, more sequels. Dun, dun, yeah. Right. Cretaceous Princes of Amber. Thank you for getting it, Andy. I got it. I said that. That wasn't a snarky thank you. It wasn't like a Taylor and DeGrom thing. I get you. Yeah. Racist. I love that Jeff is providing the soundtrack to your argument. Yes, a nice, entertaining, heroic soundtrack to me and Andy bickering. Yeah, we needed that Sunday. What happened Sunday? I thought about... <laughs> I don't know what happened Sunday. <laughs> you acted like you knew. It's like Jeff's like, oh, why'd you hear about Sunday? Yeah, it, was, it was couples bitching night over a game night, and everyone Ooh. was bitching at each other. Yeah, and 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 I, I, we're I, having some rum cake. Oh, that's gonna and help. And I hear the clatter of dishes. Did and you I'm remember like, to bring me? This is the gaming group. Use the paper. Did you remember to bring me the rum cake this time, Kay? And he's like, he's like, what? I I didn't even listen to him. He's like, you're not gonna wash it. He probably would, but it would, you know, take a few days. No, it says that's so what's going on. So use the paper, and then he brings him in with the real forks. It's like use the plastic. Oh, fuck. I use the plastic forks. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my rum cake? Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's asking you. Okay. I dropped it in the toilet about 20 minutes ago. I you still told want it? You not to eat the rum cake in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> So you weren't the only couples arguing. No. Oh, it was just one of those. Well, Lewis is major meh is uh-huh. always needling, you know, Stephanie Rumcake, always needling her. And then she gives she flashes him the look, which Lewis, for some reason, counts Doesn't. as a triumph. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
And then, so you're of course, she's got the look. You know, Matt and Paulette. Yeah, their mating ritual is weird and violent. <laughs> very Klingon. <laughs> weird and violent. <laughs> I love it. Very, very, very Klingon. Yeah, if they don't argue, I worry. Yeah. <laughs> I worried at first. Going on. Once I got used to it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is just how they, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, this is love. And yeah. then we had the great moment um, that we really wish we had uh, um, recorded on video. Oh. It, uh, a week later than my birthday, we were doing a post-celebration. They got me. It was kind of funny. I went into the bathroom. And dropped and, the rum cake. And then when I... <laughs> <laughs> and then when I stepped out of the bathroom, there's a happy birthday sign posted, oh, a wow. party hat on my chair. Transformer um, room. So uh, you shit yourself a birthday party is what you're saying? And then the uh, the gaming group gave me a Morden Kanan's Tomb of Foes to make their D&D games even worse. All right. Tell me about Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes. Tome of Foes. I can't believe I said tomb. Oh, okay. I so, sound like a dumb podcaster. So it's a monster manual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it... It kind of ex- monster as expands on uh, monster cultures and stuff like that. Gives you some so it's not just ideas. a fiend folio. It's some right, right. No, it's, it's some it's, ecology. It's behind a, it. yeah. It's a little more than that. So, but we also had the the little what the, the hell little things you, you blow those? in and they unreal real like it's like a you know, yeah. Yeah, except, yeah except except they don't except make now noise they anymore. don't they don't include the little the whistle thing whistle so it's just the tube that you <laughs> unfurl oh. when you blow through it She's and Matt's plasticky sound had a perfect absolutely perfect kink oh. in his that when he blew through it it shot out like two inches and then reversed forty five degrees and <laughs> hit him in the eye oh. So and he has a kink where he <laughs> blows for two inches and it hits him in the eye. Yeah. And now he has to wear an eye patch. Oh, wow. So he's kinky Matt. But he's it was funny. Matt. It was absolutely funny. It just was hysterical. It's like, everybody, let one, two, three, happy birthday. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> and we had to so. make noises ourselves. We had to blow up. And then everybody's trying to, to get Kit. To uh, play with the with the end of it, yeah, he just terrorized. Oh, terrified, absolutely. Yeah, he. Well, you should have seen him freak out at my hat. Oh, he wanted. I put on the hat, and he like sat across the room from me, staring at me, like, "What? What the hell? What What grew out of your head? What the fuck is going on?" It was actually very funny. It was basically it was one of those cones, but had a lot of glittery paper on it. It was a nice bird. It's not. It wasn't like a one of those small, simple cones. No, it was Dunn's cone size. Yeah, it was Dunn's. It was Dunn's hat size, and it had some nice, uh, uh, whatever the sparklies. Whatever tinsel. It's like tinsel, basically. Yeah, whatever that cellophane-like material is, that's shiny. I, there's a word for it, and I have no idea what it is. No, Only the finest in dollar store items for you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so we had yes. a, a no, weird, <laughs> overlarge, glittery hat. Yeah, and Kit was freaked. Aggressive tongues going out at him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, cat's gonna be fine. Yeah, you don't. You. <laughs> and we also discovered that he'd clawed a hole in the curtain so he could jump to the window. Oh my god! Yeah, I had these shears in front of my living room window. And about a month ago, I noticed there was a tear in one. And I'm like, "Where? oh, how did he do that? Why did he do that? And I still don't know how it happened. But apparently, he was on the windowsill, and Andy saw him. Nope, nope, it was Matt. I didn't oh, see Matt? it. Matt, okay. Matt saw him jump off the windowsill, going perfectly through the hole. 
And it's not like it's a huge hole. He has to compress a bit, and he did. He just... It's a little kiddie parkour. Oh, wow. And it was just like, oh, that's how he did it. So he must have, like, started it or something, and then... I needed an escape hole for this window. And there's shears. He just... Yeah, so... Ugh. Wow. But, you know, if that is the biggest pain... Yeah. Yeah. You did take his balls. So far. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I taught him a lesson. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I learned him. Andy's next. <laughs> and then I'll wake up in the middle of the night and Andy will be in a mech suit. Kirsten, where are my balls? Because <laughs> I don't want to talk with that high voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? I did not see Ant-Man and Wasp. Me neither. Oh, wow. Didn't so, get a chance So to. I'm the only one of You're the only group? one who's committed, Jeff. Yeah. Fine. The rest of us are just posers. Yep. All right, Jeff. So you I did- liked it a lot. I okay. enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Better than the first. I'm hearing that from a couple people. I won't go so far as to say better than the feast uh, as the first. Uh, on definitely on par. Uh, the humor's there, and there's much. You know, you know these characters more now, so it it was just really enjoyable. I had a good time with it. Um, two post credit scenes, obviously. The mid-credit scene, which I can't spoil for you guys because none of you have seen it, uh, definitely shocking. Ah, and that's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I, I guess well, what it was it already. Does, is is is, you know. is at the end of that scene? Is it only half left? Uh, I'm not going to say. Ah, ah, I guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> next, and next week we'll uh, most of us, if not all of us, will have seen it by then. We'll talk spoilers then. Mm, yeah, at the end of the show, yeah. as always, as what, what you expect from us. Fine. Yeah. Uh, so aside from Ant Man and the Wasp, what no. uh, else did anybody do? We the, played Elder Tor and got killed much worse this time. Oh yeah, another round of Eldritch. Yeah, well, how many we, hours did you play this round? Five. Five. Five or six. Five-ish. Yeah. All right. That's a. It's yeah. really funny. At investment. one point, Paulette is like, "Give me that box." I hand her the box of the game, and she's looking at it, and we're doing the next round and everything. And suddenly she goes, two to four hours, my ass! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made the mistake of going to the next highest thing instead of trying to beat the thing that we got beaten by the last time. Oh, wow, you're just going to step yeah. I know how this game is played. We yeah. got this. Yeah. Right. We know it's, how to play it now. It's probably two to four hours for normal people. You guys are fucking crazy when you do your game playing, so that's why it takes you six goddamn hours. What? What's he talking about? Was there any pizza or snacks or sodas involved? I had a fat Andy. There you go. <laughs> I'm glad he and, said and, it, and, not me. Yeah. <laughs> he had one too, but he's not going to talk about it. Um, and and Matt, Matt invented the fat Matt, which I can't remember what was in it, but it was awful. It it was, isn't, that a, a, it, isn't that a kink with a two-inch fetus that goes right, through your eye? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a calzone with. It was supposed to be a stromboli, but yeah. we got a calzone instead. But he got a calzone instead. And he was pissed off about that. And it had olives. Yes. Ooh. And what was the other thing before the final thing? So shouldn't it be called the angry mat then? If yeah. it was <laughs> not it what he became the angry mat when he got the stromboli, the calzone instead of the stromboli. Yeah. Um, I forget what pineapple. The, Pineapple, olives, and anchovies. What? That's weird. He yes, it is. He insisted on doing it, and Paulette was horrified. And As he's like, it's be. good. It's good. Mm. But anchovies on pizza? Yes. Sure. Pineapple on pizza? Sure. Together? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. He did it. 
That's an angry Matt. Yeah. And then when it arrived, he it, it was a calzone, and he wanted the, he decided finally to get the Stromboli. Oh no no! He had the Stromboli in his head right off the bat. Paulette kept trying to convince him that the calzone because the Stromboli was too big. But there's apparently different cheese on the Stromboli than there is oh. on the calzone. This ah. is a really specific argument. Remember the details it was. of. And it was really funny how she was like, "You're not gonna get that." And it was just like... And she was right. What? <laughs> Although, now that I think of it, now that I think of it, she went to the other room to do the order. Yeah. She disappeared. Never get it. Yeah, it's just Oh, it was yeah. funny, though. But we played that, and then uh, when we got destroyed by that, we played... What was the other game called? Oh. Uh, we played another game that I can't recall the name of that Matt brought, but it was a... Sp- you Babe. are alone. Uh, uh, you are hunted. Uh, another one. I can't yeah. remember. It was it was everybody against Lewis. Oh, yeah. was, is was, that the name Lewis of the game? The alien. alien hunter game. Ooh. Yeah, and we immediately said, "Where's Todd?" Because <laughs> <laughs> one car- one person's going after everyone else. Oh, fun! And it was Lewis, so he won. Yeah. So it's uh, cards. It's, it's a, a card game, not a board game. <laughs> yeah. It's well, cards it's laid out a in a track. grid. It's a tabletop game. Yeah, it's got track in the middle of it. Okay. You're essentially trying to. He's try the one player is trying to outguess what the other players are going to put down. Okay, that's, pretty much. That's the basic bit of it. But there's you have a handful lots of, of cards, and there are ten cards. They're all laid out in front, so he knows what the cards are. And then what we do is you put one down face down. Then he will select a card, and he puts a token on it. And the most basic play is a token, the alien token. And when we flip over our cards, if his token is on a card that any one of us have, you lose something. Okay. <clears throat> and um, then he has other tokens to expand. And, of course, Lewis gamed the system and very mm-hmm. quickly was playing stuff that was just kicking the hell out of us. And, you know. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Such what's, that, what's that game called? I I. Well, I'll look it up. I am blanking. Yeah. I am totally blanking. It's almost the name of the game is I am blanking. Yeah. I'll find it. So. Well, I didn't do a heck of a lot. There's your thunder. Thunder booms. And no one's hearing that except us. I can hear it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. We've been thunderstruck. Thunder! No. No. No, you haven't. Thunderstruck is on the way. Thunderstruck Thunderstruck is here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do much geeky this week. I did some painting. I played about seven hours of PlayStation 4 baseball oh, really? on Saturday. That's all I did on wow. Saturday. Sports, 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 right. sports. I, I, Is that the new one that, that you do the with the VR that you can no, hit home runs? Not that one. It's, okay, It's my old, the show 2016. It's <laughs> the two-year-old version. It's the two-year-old version. Well, that's the one that has... Uh, Bobo Sir Dudenstein on it. Oh, okay. And uh, if you don't remember, I'm sorry, my what? <laughs> Bobo Sir Dudenstein. Bobo Sir Dudenstein. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's the it's the name of the character. It's his character he developed, and it's the one, and that's what the announcer says whenever he's up. So it's 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 in there. But if if you don't remember me talking about Bobo, uh, he is my character. It's the road to the show where you're kind of building a single person. So and he's a pitcher, so you only play his parts. Pitching, or if he's uh, up, it's National League, so he's batting. And he has a caved-in face. Yes, his character looks like it took a fastball directly to the nose. Uh, that's and it, exactly what happened, dude. Is that what it happened? It happened in high school. <laughs> okay. And the baseball line drive right in the face, caved it in, did a little brain damage. They were 
they were able to reconstruct the face as best they could, but not the best doctors. Doctors so, are tight. But mm. he <laughs> was a great player and was able to make himself got he he hustled he bustled got to the majors and now he's a major pitcher for the washington nationals that hmm. sounds really difficult it's you know he's had a rough life so like i said there was a little brain damage in there is ours face the sports player uh he's pretty horrific <laughs> yeah when it comes down to it and kind of an elongated oversized head too it's so it's Mac tonight. God was not pretty yeah. to him. <laughs> it is kind of Mac tonight yeah, without the is. nose. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think Mac tonight, but with like a skull nose, and you're mm-hmm. kind of there. Nice. All right. And and but one thing I learned about Bobo Serdunstein in playing this round uh-huh. is that he, somewhere in the brain damage, he he's good at pitching because he can go, see straight away real well. But he gets his right and lefts confused. Okay. So when anybody bunts, he always throws to third base. Mm. So third base. So that's <laughs> that. That's a, a bit of a foible if you're gonna mm. be in the infield. Yeah. But he's such a good pitcher that he still gets away with it. Gotcha. So the game we played was called Not Alone. Not Alone. <laughs> yes, it's a 2016 game apparently. In space, no in one can space. hear you. The lose Chicago to song Lewis. Not Alone. Wow. The what? The Chicago song, Not Alone? Definitely not. I don't remember that one. Sing a little bit of it. Yeah, sing it. It's, uh, sing it, Jeff. It's sing like, it, bitch. Sing it. Sing it, Not Alone. No. I'm not alone. I just alone. goes, you're not alone. Pick up the phone. And I am a man who is not alone today. That's the one? That, I don't no. think that's the one. No. That's not that sounds, okay. Sounds like the Bee Gees. I'll look up the lyrics <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and see if I can remember more it's, of it. It's okay if you don't. It's all right. What else do you do, gentlemen? I went to the uh, Millennium Fandom Bar. Uh, I'm surprised. Jamie got in contact with me and said they're going to do uh, modern day Disney. We need to go, so we went to go. It's uh, so it's Disney characters as if they were in modern day, and so oh. so every woman was dressed as Ariel, but like punk Ariel. Okay, there really were about mm. like ten Ariels there. I uh, I didn't have a lot of time, so I just I put on a pair of jeans and a red shirt. And a hard hat, and I was, uh, I was, because uh, I was trying to think of characters you can do Disney with a beard. So I was, uh, I was Stinky Pete in modern day. Okay. Mon- minor. She had like a Minnie Mouse thing on, but we were sitting at the, uh, uh, there's like, the, the, there's the bar, and then there's like this sort of divider between the bar and the rest of the place that mm-hmm. has all another place you can sit. We're sitting at that, sort of like a tall, and uh, so we have like, like a oh, cat's eye view of the whole rest of the house. Okay. And we were talking to a guy dressed uh, as Beast, just wonderful Beast costume, you know, modern day Beast. He had the horns and he had, you know, cool jacket on. And while we're talking to him, in comes a bell. And like, oh, your bell is here. So he's like, I don't know her. And so she came up and started talking. And so we just sat there watching this meet cute for like an hour, just watching these two like flirting back and forth. Not two, creepy at all. Two feet in front. Oh, no, we were taking notes. We were creepy as hell. I was, I was kind of thinking Jamie was going to send you the whole rundown of it because she was going to take the notes and send it to you. Ah. She's probably next week. Um, Maybe she did. I didn't check it right before the show. But yeah, there was also a guest on. Like, the first thing I saw when I walked in was this guy in a MAGA hat. I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? And I look closer, and it's, it's he's guest on. You know, he had the MAGA hat. He had the ponytail. He had a plaid shirt and a gun. And, so, and, and, he, and he was actually friends with the Beast guy. 
Oh, and fun. then eventually there was sort of a, a, a don't a, say three way. Oh no, there was okay. definitely a, there was a triangle going on. Oh. They, were, they were definitely both interested in Bell. But oh. it's okay when it's yeah. a well, one two three way. Well, I guess it's within character yeah, all the way through. Absolutely. So. I like it. So yeah, that was fun. But yeah, there's some very cool modern day Disney costumes. The one of the bartenders is sort of like a biker looking guy, and he's all his hair is usually dark brown, but he had it all black up and and uh, took me a minute to figure out what it was. And I he turned and I saw he had a scar on his face, and he was basically he was scar. Oh. He was scar as a biker. I can dig it. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was fun. That's a fun idea. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else, gentlemen? Yes, oh. I watched the series finale of Twelve Monkeys. So oh. now that it is all you've done, it beginning to end. Yes, uh, did it end satisfactory to you? It was a very satisfying end. Yes, excellent. Didn't go exactly the way I thought it was going to go, what, but still very satisfying. What was the most? What was the most powerful? What was the best season for you? I'd have to say this last season. Oh. Wow. And they, they compressed it into um, like a four-weekend event. So they were showing like two episodes back-to-back um, every Friday for like the last, is it, I think maybe, maybe sorry, it maybe, might be just three weeks. But, How many uh, seasons were there? Just the four. Four, okay. That's, that's, I'm pretty what, sure it's just Was there four. any season that you'd say was a week season? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's, I, to me, it felt like it started off strong and uh, just kept going. I just sad that the way that you know sci-fi you know well i mean i guess that's kind of the way they do it with the summer series now it's like you've got a full year and then you only get like the 12 episodes so Mm -hmm. i mean it's like like a british series almost basically um so yeah we got like uh 10 or 12 episodes and then you have to wait a whole year before it starts back up again i liked what they did last season uh last year um with the whole in two days, they showed the entire season. So no. they had like a two-day event where they, you know, for binge watchers, you were able to get the whole They'll season in. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, I hope, uh, that, hope yeah. that shows up on Netflix or something at that point. I'd like, I'd like to see that. I believe it's on Sci-Fi On Demand, so you should uh-huh. be able to watch it uh, if you have the app like on your phone or um, tablet, or I think it's even I'm available gotta on I'm not going to watch Xbox. a movie on my phone. It's too yeah. small. It's not the movie. It's the TV series. Post I'm not going to watch a TV series on my phone. It's oh. too small. <laughs> I've waited decades for the 55-inch screen. I'm not going to watch any TV on my well, phone. I, I, I will I not watch Postage I Stamp Theater. that it's also available on Xbox, but apparently Actually, you everybody didn't get ignored there. that no, part of the statement. You got overridden Xbox, by yeah. Andy. Yeah. I didn't hear that. No. I knew that's where you were going, but I no. wanted to I knew it was an Xbox. crawl that's up your different. ass anyway. Pardon? What? Who? What? Slim Shady. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Jeff? I, not quite geeky, okay, uh, but I watched Ken Burns' Vietnam. I started watching that, too. Really? Yeah, I'm only like two episodes in. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm I was, I was looking I'm for some deep done. dives, so Ken Burns is a deep dive in anything. Yeah, else. and it's, it's really, really well done, and they do a lot of interviews with North Vietnamese... <clears throat> former fighters, um, and they have uh, access to a lot of North Vietnamese uh, film, so it's really interesting to get that side of it. Um, Even it, that first episode about all where Ho Chi Minh was throughout yeah. his life at various countries mm-hmm. was impressive mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, that was one of the cool things, is how he goes back and forth between a timeline 
uh, dealing with the, the growing involvement in the war, but then he'll also jump into stuff that's talking about the end of the war later on and stuff, and it just back and forth. And at first I was like, why the hell is he doing that? But it actually worked well. And the the tapes and the records that they're playing, I mean, you actually hear there's actual tape of Nixon like ordering a break-in um, at the Brookings Institution. Wow! Oh, the, in the actual Nixon White House tape. Yes, yeah. Wow. He's actually he's actually I mean, talking to I forget who it was, but he's actually because the I guess they are part of the National Archive though now, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he should but, be able to. But he was, I mean, yeah, and the, the Brookings, he there was a suspicion that they had a file on Nixon's campaign getting the South Vietnamese government to pull out of peace talks to help sabotage Johnson or uh, sabotage uh, uh, McCarthy. And um, he was afraid that that might get out. And and there's tape of him like, well, have they have they broken in there yet? Have they have they stolen the file? Get in there, blow the safe, crack that safe, get that file. And it's just like, holy shit! I mean, you hear it's it's now legend, right? Right. But man, to actually hear that he's specifically saying that blows the goddamn mind. Wow, yeah. just blows your mind. Um, and it, it and the 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 fact that I mean they even start talking about it in the first few episodes right from the get go right from Kennedy they knew this was going to be a shit show wow it it ah yeah. Jesus yeah. it 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 was a lot more illuminating than than I thought it was going to be I mean I've watched a, a bunch of Vietnam documentaries sure and i've seen a lot of the, i've seen a lot of the movies yeah and i've watched miss saigon i knew what there happened. you go there <laughs> you go and it it yeah it really blows your hair back now, now they've gotten into the ken burns things that did nbc the uh, second civil war letters huh oh well who was it uh Alex? somewhere all right all right right you're you're not talking about ken burns you're talking about the the joke about the second civil yes, war. Yes, but that's the I mean the reason people know what civil war letters sound like is because of ken burns there you go okay yeah. I actually have. I had to make sure they, they clarified for them. Because yeah. this was the Twitter that. hashtag thing. Yes. Okay. As a side note, I actually have some authentic Civil War letters. Do you? From a, a relative of my mom, on my mom's side of the family. Oh, boy. Uh, letters back and forth, I believe, between uh, two brothers. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. Wow. Mm. Um, my mom actually had, like, some of the hard writing was hard to read, and she was able to... Uh, figure out what it said and you know type it up and so i have that uh, actually my dad has it for me for safekeeping pretty so I, I told he's like if there's any items that you want when we're gone let me know and i said that's really the only thing i want because mm-hmm. that's part of family history yeah, yeah. But, yeah. and so, uh, as a side note i do side love note to your side note yeah <laughs> as a side note to the ken birds thing i love how in-depth his documentaries are mm-hmm. um you know even go back to when i was in film school we ta- we had a whole thing on ken burns and his documentaries and you know just how much research goes into them, but man, those suckers put me to sleep all the time. Of oh, this Vietnam I, one, certain hasn't I, yet. Every one it's of his documentary sleep. series, I've had to watch each episode like two and three times to get the full episode because you keep zonking. I just it's just like I don't know yeah. if it's the narration or what, but I, it's just like I'll be so into it and fascinated with it, but that's all of a sudden it's like uh, I'm waking up when it's half over. We're under a severe Peter. thunderstorm warning, so if the show cuts out. Wait, Hopefully if the show cuts hear. out, 
We, oh yeah, yeah, we will lose it. this whole. Oh thing. boy, we um, are playing with goddamn fire. Peter Coyote. Peter Coyote is the the narrator. He's a good narrator. And it's, it's it's he's really good. It's really I I just I'm very impressed with it. I loved the Civil War. Uh, his his documentary Burns documentary on that. But this is this is this is good too. And these interviews. Yeah. The the North Vietnamese veterans talking about it. It's an interesting perspective uh, because there actually there isn't a lot of hate going on. There are even points when the the Vietnamese are like expressing sympathy, you know, for the American position and stuff. Even though they always maintain we're going to reunite the country, blah blah blah, but it's still like you know, oh yeah, yeah, they they had they. Uh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't want to go 10,000 miles away and fight someone else's war. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those poor guys, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So now it, I, And I also want to go back a little bit, Kay, and thank you for, for clarifying Andy's statement earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because cause when he brought up the second Civil War letters, I'm like, oh, I never watched the first Civil War letters. Was that a Ken Burns documentary? <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, I read it on yours and Jeff's face. It was delivered in typical Andy style, designed to get you to ask him questions. As soon as he finished and I started into about my Civil War letters, I realized what he was doing about the same time you called him out on it. I was like, oh, yeah, that whole thing over this, this week. I thought they were the- hilarious. They are hilarious. Yeah. Those were great. But, but However, you got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who? Yeah. So. Anything else, gentlemen? Third base. Uh, was there something else? Uh, uh, I just been tied up in building eggs all week, yes. so I don't know anything. Andy's playing with eggs. Yeah. There's another uh, vague story from Andy about stuff that he won't. Another be able to talk vague about. story. Yeah. Mm. Vague. 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 Egg. Vague. Vague. Because it's vague. It's vague. <laughs> the vague Actually, eggs. I think he's just making giant boobs, mm-hmm. and he calls them an egg halves because you know, mm. he doesn't want to be embarrassed. No. Oh. I almost made too many. Well, that I would have had teardrop shape, not yeah. egg drop shape. Uh, tell that to some of the gay girls on the strip, dude. Yeah. Because there's salad bowl shape. Mm. There's yikes. There's yikes shape. Missiles. Kumquat. Cucumber. <laughs> moist. Always. Oh, I'm sorry. It's hot here. Yeah. So yeah, moist is oh, right. Yeah, it's hot. No, oh, it's, yeah. it's a dry heat. It's not moist heat. Actually, it's moist this week. It's yeah. been humid. It's yeah, it's I don't want to hear it today. I'm sweating all goddamn yeah, day. I going to say trying to rain. Mm. I wonder if it started raining yet. Yeah, I'm sure it's raining. It, uh, the, according to the Pokemon Go app, it's, it's been raining for an hour. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's the other. I've been playing the Pokemon Go, the share thing. That's been fun. Being able to, to share with the people. Share with the people. You get the share. Um, oh, not the singer share. No, that's like a share. Oh, okay. Although if Cher was playing Pokemon Go, I'd be into it. Sure. Yeah. In fact, that's her whole concert. Her yeah. playing Pokemon. No, Go. they they the latest update allows you to um, send gifts to other players. No. Ah. And so I've got like ten people. I'm sending gifts back and forth with, and when you share a gift, when they share a gift with you, you can see the Pokestop that they got it from. So you can actually see the picture of the Pokestop it came from. So I'm getting to see. That's weird, pretty cool. I'm getting to see weird landmarks from other parts of the world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I can dig on that. Yeah. Jeff's going to check to see if it's raining. Is it raining, Jeff? Yeah, all right. We got it's rain. Raining. Yeah. It's officially rain in Vegas. Thank God we need it. Yeah, we get four inches a year. We're going to get two of it right now. That's right. Boom. That's what my girlfriend says. News right. you don't give a <laughs> shit goes, about. And then it goes back in your eye. Ah! Oh, what a tea party. <laughs> 
What a lovely tea party. I'm oh, sorry. Well, there you go. So you got it wrong, Kirsten. Yeah. Have to go back and do it again. I, I should be spanked. Spank me, Jeff. Spank him, Jeff. Mm. <laughs> now, I don't know what's going on. See, that's how you get people to stop correcting you. You're just like, you're right. I was wrong. You should spank me. And pretty soon, they're not correcting you anymore. Mm-hmm. You really think that's going to stop me? <laughs> you're right. I'm wrong, Jeff. Spank- you should spank me. Spanking has never stopped Jeff before. <laughs> Woo. Getting hot you, you here. Have, you have to live with Andy. I fear that's punishment enough. So. Yeah, well, yeah. Where are my balls, Kirsten? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the ambient and all, I could probably get away with that. Dude. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Good God. Researchers from the University of Adelaide in Australia Adelaide have discovered a new species of Andy, you all right? Yep, I'm good. <laughs> nope, I'm not good. Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> just dropping shit. I would say he's got a case of the dropsies, but it's never stopped. Oh, so oh, he's got dropsy. He's just. I guess medically, it's acute dropsies. Uh, I think it's kind of cute. cute. Prolonged. <laughs> prolonged. <laughs> I can the medical diagnosis now. Like, well, uh, Mr. Taylor, you have a case of uh, an acute case of the prolonged dropsies. To bring you in, he dropped his phone, <laughs> and that's Twice. after he snatched it up. Yeah, I dropped it once and caught it midair, and then dropped it again immediately. <laughs> and and before he actually dropped it all the way, he dropped it once, caught it, fumbled with it a couple of times, and then full on dropped it, yes. which is a very Andy thing to do if you've ever seen him with a drink in his hand. Hmm. University which, which of is often. What, what, what? University of Adelaide, Adelaide. in Australia <laughs> has discovered a new species of parasitoid wasp. What? Which no! Ha- which has been named uh, Dolichogenidia xenomorph. Oh! Parasoid, uh, pa- sorry, parasitoid wasps must kill to propagate their species. Yeah. Wasps like D. xenomorph all deposit their spawn inside unwary caterpillars. Xenomorph wasps have shiny, freakishly long black bodies, monstrous antenna, and are extraterrestrial-looking ovipositor. That's the egg-laying appendage. Yeah, got it. That injects the chest-bursting eggs into caterpillar abdomens. Literally chest-bursting? Does it really say chest-bursting? Yeah, pretty much. Jesus. Females will creep up on their prey, stab it with the ovipositor, and lays not just one, but dozens of ovomorphs that skip the face hugger stage and hatch into larvae that slowly devour their host from the inside. They until hatch into lava on top of everything else? Larva. Oh, larva. That's different. Yeah, it is. It's a little different. Where was I? Spank them, Jeff. Yeah, spank them, Jeff. That slowly You're devour closer. their host from the inside until they emerge from <laughs> its insides. Even scarier, at least for caterpillars, is that scientists believe that as many as 10,000 species of microgastranae wasps could exist, even though only a few thousand are currently known to us. Also, another recently discovered wasp was named after a, a Daenerys Tar- Targaryen of Game of Thrones. So, but that's why, not as why, cool as Why is this news I don't give a shot? This is news that terrifies me. Yeah. I give muddy shits about this. I worry for Mandy. That's yes. why I'm bringing it up. I'm worrying for Mandy. Yes. Well, then we all give a shit about this. This is in the wrong space. You, you've all mi- kinds you've of, misidentified this news. There's all kinds of crazy, strange creatures <laughs> down in in uh, Australia. Yeah, yeah. We know. We've met Mandy. 
No, I meant. Animal. Oh, wow. <laughs> this guy. Wow. This guy. Giant. You, Mandy. you ever Man. seen video of the, like, the giant mud crabs they have down there? No. Sorry, mud crabs? Mud crabs. <laughs> Tell you me about the mud crabs. You've got to watch video. It, like, they're literally. Okay, if you were to picture um, like a hermit crab, only like a thousand times bigger. I mean, they're the size of freaking small dogs from the videos I've seen. I mm-hmm. don't know how those suckers get that big. But okay. Also, apparently, they're a delicacy. They're roided. They're good to eat. Sure. Yuck. But yeah. Giant crab. Australia tries to kill you. Yeah. And then the wasp it's, lands it's on like, the crab it's like Pandora and injects the eggs. In Avatar. It's like it's, like it's trying to kill you. So kudos to you, Mandy, for surviving all these years. Yeah. Because your country is trying to kill you. News you don't give a shit about Child's Play. The 1988 horror film about a murderous possessed doll that launched the Chucky franchise. Okay, I thought you were going to talk about the charity for a second. So. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Murderous charity. Yeah, hold <laughs> is getting a remake at MGM. Lars Klevberg, who directed Polaroid, will direct from a script by Tyler Burton Smith, who wrote Kung Fury 2. David Katzenberg, Seth Graham Smith, who were the producers for It, are on board to produce this project, which MGM has reportedly fast-tracked for production to start as early as September. Uh, Don Mancini, the creator of the Chucky character, is not listed among those involved at the, in the Hollywood Reporter's report. The original Child's Play is about a serial killer who transfers his soul into a good guy doll in order to prevent his death then tries to transfer his soul into the young boy who owns the doll. Chucky, the doll at the heart of the story, became an instant horror icon. Two sequels bearing the Child's Play name were released. And by the fourth installment, Bride of Chucky, the films began taking on more of a satirical tone and evolved into a campier, dark comedy. The most recent installment, Cult of Chucky, was released straight to video last year. The film is not the only project on tap to keep Chucky alive, Days ago, Mancini himself confirmed that the TV series starring the character is on the horizon and it's not correct connected to the reboot. So the Child's Play TV series we talked about, Red Light, Green Light, a while back, that's still going with the original creators and that, and now there's a new reboot, MGM, with has nothing to do with the, anything. Be and, uh, that was a news you don't give a shit about, give a shit about right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. You're, yeah, I was in the right category. I don't give a shit about that. The, it's interesting. Murderous wasps. I give a shit about a reboot because reasons. Right. It's an easy way to make money, but I always hear what Kate yeah, yeah. got to say about it. It's super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd be interesting to trace that point where Hollywood no longer gave a shit about parallel projects. Because remember, there was a time when if they were making a movie, you're not getting your TV show. Yeah. And if you're making a t- if it's a TV show. They might adapt the movie specifically from the TV show, but they're not going to do their own independent thing. And now they just, they, it's... Well, because I know that that's been a problem. I mean, it, you're right, because a lot of TV shows are developed in parallel and they have nothing to do. Yeah, I now. know currently, like, with the DC Universe, um, like the Arrowverse stuff, DC, or Warner's has specifically said, you cannot do this, this, and this. Because we're going to put it in a movie, right? So they have restrictions they have to work around. But they still do. But the they still do a lot of TV stuff. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Marvel, which actually actually does make a link, right? So, but either way, it's like there used to be a time where if there was a Child's Play TV show, yeah, you actually would never get. probably they would kill the TV show so they could do the movie. 
you know, because yeah. <clears throat> the movie would be considered to be more margin. money. Yeah. But yeah, they 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 uh, they're just totally yeah. You go there. Oh, we'll go here. And actually, I I, I like it actually because I. I actually like watching creators take different takes on stuff. I'm interested in what people do. So it it can make for interesting variation. Yeah, I have I have no issue with this with Child's Play being remade, quite frankly, cuz it's it's like that whole stage play musical aspects. Recast Chuck with a whole bunch musical? of different actors, new director, what are they going to do with it that the other stage play didn't do and vice versa. Right. So, yeah, I get that aspect and, of it. And with modern special effects, they can actually have John Gruden playing Chucky right from the start. <laughs> mm. Sports, 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 sports. Sports, 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 sports. I don't understand it. I don't know. John Gruden was a NFL coach. Okay. When he would scowl and get his game face on. He did. He looked like Chucky. And oh, they really? would actually yeah. call him Chucky. Yes. Yeah. And if you... Google image John Gruden Chucky, they'll put you'll get a bunch of pictures and he does he oh, he, he really does he he really does <laughs> it's so it's funny. Glad you heard to back him up because I didn't believe him. <laughs> no, he's well, he's, I'm, he's that dead on. That was a joke for Jeff. Yes. Ah. All right. Fuck you two. And by Jeff, he meant Harris, not this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not always about you, Andy. It's not always about you. Uh, oh, by wait, the way, wait, wait, salute. Isn't? What? A salute to uh, Jeff and Jessica continuing the leaving milk and cookies out for Captain America America, on uh, July 4th. That's pretty goddamn brilliant. Makes my heart swell with patriotic Mm. pride. It's really funny because Movie Bob said that like so long ago. Like Captain America is the liberals patriotic symbol that's the one symbol we can grab onto and throw up on social media or what have you to say we love america that has not been co-opted by the right and and it's just it's kind of funny Mm -hmm. and holy crap that family is captain america crazy yeah that picture that the the standee and the there's a shield on the wall and geez yeah that's that's crazy. Some proper fandom yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, and the, it's just teaching the kid to leave out milk and cookie. How perfect. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. glorious. And that kid's going to have stories yeah. for the rest of their life. <laughs> well, this is why my parents had me do. Yeah. I, I want a Christmas, Christmify July 4th. Just have a whole, just make it an entire, uh, you know, night before Christmas thing where you have all these traditions that you... Mm. You do for July. Instead of carols, you sing the uh, you you play the uh, John Philip Sousa music. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The Liberty Bell March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. Decorate the Patriot Tree. Sure. Yep. Put the Tree of Liberty. Thank you. That's better. That's the Tree of Liberty. Yeah. Watered with the blood of patriots. Yes. Oh, fuck you, right wing. We got this. Oh my God, Andy! How would we represent that? You got like like a guy in a in a tricorn hat, mm-hmm. and his wrists are slit, and he's just holding them by the tree yeah, or something. Yeah. Or? I like it. <sighs> in uh, Hartford, there there's a big symbol. It's the Charter Oak, because when they were writing the uh, the uh, charter for the state, there was an argument going on, and the lights all went out, and the charter disappeared. 
and they hid the the actual charter inside a hollow oak tree for a couple of years or something. So there's all this charter oak imagery in Hartford. Oh, it's bizarre. Wow. Hmm. So you have to hide. You have to hide. Uh, you have to hide. You have to hide a government document in the, in the tree. tree. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> we're we're building this piece to by piece. Preserve freedom. Yeah, it could be it could be any document too. It's the right. freedom charter. The the freedom charter and you it gotta find a tree and it's almost like the, the, the golem, right? You gotta fold it up oh, and, yeah. and put it inside and then the tree becomes a sacred American object that uh. you can't talk about because it has to be secret. Yeah. Right. And then you could oh, what about the charter hunt? Mm. You get the children to go looking around for charters. They have uh. to search all the trees. But not the one on your property. No. Yeah. Because mm. that's sacred. Yeah. Right. And watered by blood. Of patriots. And children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend yeah. geek. We need, oh, oh, boy. Oh, dude. What? A July 4th Krampus. Mm. <laughs> All right, so what does this Krampus do? Alec Baldwin <laughs> it goes put, around. It, put, it puts children in... <laughs> Puts children in prayers and away from their kid <laughs> parents. Puts kids into little cages. Little, little, oh god! Little cages. <laughs> throws tin foil blankets at them. Wow, we are we're awful. Good God! Wow, that was terrible. Oh, I mean, wow. funny but terrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. Oh man! Mm. July Fourth, Krampus. Oh, I came, I came up with another thing. Grampus. Was, uh, Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, we, Andy was watching a documentary about humor and the Holocaust. Yes. And it was a bunch of comedians talking about can you do something like Holocaust jokes. And it had Mel Brooks, Harry Shear, um, uh, Ro- Robert Clary, who is uh, uh, LeBeau in Hogan's Heroes who was an actual concentration camp survivor. They're talking about that kind of humor and stuff and approaches to it. Sarah Silverman. Uh, uh, Sarah Silverman uh, was telling her Holocaust jokes. Actually, she, she, she had a real good one that was right on point politically, yeah. too. The, she's talking about something, 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 the Holocaust. I'm sorry, the alleged Holocaust. Oh, jeez. Which is just like, <laughs> wow, that is so on point. Yeah. Oh, my God. But... <clears throat> We're watching that, and eventually Mel Brooks is talking about the producers, of course. And watching the producers, I suddenly got a vision of Donald Trump singing Springtime for Putin and Russia. Wow. And I started writing the lyrics for Springtime for Putin. I didn't know you started writing the lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Springtime for Putin and Russia. Winter for Chechnya and Ukraine. Oh, wow. But... I just I was like, man, I wish I had the 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 the, the video editor skills yeah. to just piece that together and do a whole bit. We're gonna do that before or after do Todd's Chucky musical. I have a Chucky musical? Yeah, you sort of like brushed over it there, brushed over it. Brushed over it. Brushed over it. At one point in my life I was working on a poltergeist musical. Really? Yeah. Huh? What were the songs like? Uh, I I think the only song I only completed one song from it, and it was a song from the tree's point of view as he trying to get the kid. Ah. So basically, the 
the I, I'm, I'm in your nightmares and things. I, I got to find it. Yeah, find that sucker. <laughs> I want to hear that puppy. Uh, I don't think I recorded it. I think I just wrote the lyrics. I love the big uh, ending when all the graves come out of the pool. Yes. Welcome to your nightmare. No, it's not <laughs> Alice Cooper. Twist. No, I mean, I'm seeing a twist on the Alice Cooper and... <laughs> Singing to the ki- the tree, singing to the kid. Yeah, yeah the tree sings schools out <laughs> for this. Yeah, no? okay. yeah, that's what I did. Oh, okay. I hope I didn't break any copyright. <laughs> didn't think about that. You just got to pay the cover fee, right? Oh, right, right. That yeah, thing's twenty five like cents. Yeah, ten, ten bucks max. <laughs> ten bucks. I got ten bucks. A couple of months ago, Lucasfilm announced a new Star Wars animated series in development called Star Wars Resistance. Here's a bit of about the characters who will fill the series. The new show revolves... Stop. Is this the people from the end of the uh, Han Solo movie? No. Okay. Just wanted to see if I could predict it. Carry on. All right. The new show revolves around a character named Kazuda Ziono. Yeah, you pronounced that right. I think I did this yeah. time. It's Star Wars. Everything's right. Nobody will know the difference anyway. This is true. It's Star Wars. Uh, who is described as, quote, a young pilot recruited by the Resistance whose mission is to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. Ah, uh, okay, so that's where it takes place. Oscar Isaac is reprising his role as Poe. Gwendolyn Christie will be back as Captain Phasma. The series will also include BB-8 and introduce several new characters. Lucasfilm animation veteran Steve Filoni, who's worked on Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. has created this series. When talking about the inspiration behind the series, Filoni said, The idea for Star Wars Resistance came out of my interest in World War II aircraft and fighter pilots. My grandfather was a pilot, and my uncle flew and restored to planes, so that's been a big influence on me. There's a long history of high-speed racing in Star Wars, and I think we've captured that sense of excitement in an anime-inspired style. Unquote. It's also reported that the show will be- make its debut in October on Disney XD. XD? Yeah. Disney XD. What is what does the X stand for? Extra special. Okay. That's my understanding. Well, that's what I understand. D stands for dick. Wow, oh, okay. Oh, now I know. I got that no, completely okay. wrong. Oh, all right. Where'd you get that from extra special? I don't know. Oh, okay. Some somewhere in the bowels of Geek Shock history. <laughs> there was a there Walk, was a thing. Walked in the cellar with Mumra. <laughs> so look for it on uh, Disney XD in the future. You missed that one, Kirsten. No, he didn't. The X stands for extra. Dude, I was in the bathroom. I was holding the XD. Oh, Whoa! Oh, yeah. But he, but Jeff was over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how XD it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You oh. There's nothing contradictory. No, about you're that right. Statement. You're right. No. <laughs> And I'm sure water's cold. Mm, Deep too. (laughs) Moist. Disney Digital in the future. (laughs) Legendary Entertainment. If it's XD Digital, is it XDD? X Double D is a whole different thing. Yeah, (laughs) I'd watch that Star Wars. (laughs) Wait, she was the one dancing at Jabba's Palace. Yes, Yes, that's the one. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was sex, just sextuple D. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Legendary. Uh, I, 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 okay. Zip. 
Legendary Entertainment announced that it is bringing Gundam into the 21st century with a live action feature film called Pacific Rim 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love these little salutes we do for Paul now and again. <laughs> Miss the guy. <laughs> that promises to reintroduce the iconic series to a new generation. Legendary said at Anime Expo in Los Angeles that it will partner with Japanese animation studio Sunrise, the original creator behind the 1979 debuting series, to bring a live-action Gundam movie to the theaters. Gundam got its start in the early heyday of Japan to U.S. anime transplants, launching in the late 1970s with mobile suit Gundam. The original series unfolded in a future in which space colonists wage a war for independence against their Earth-bound masters, taking to their robotic exosuits to stage epically scaled battles. The genre hit its stride in the 1980s and 90s, spinning off into a series of movies, TV shows, games, and merchandise that continue to enjoy an enthusiastic cult following among both film fans and memorabilia collectors. In all, the Gundam franchise has launched more than a dozen television series while influencing mainstream blockbusters from Gundam fans like Guillermo del Toro with Pacific Rim. Huh. And Steven Spielberg and Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. So Gundam. I'm kind of glad this is happening because I am, I am Gundam stupid. I don't know a thing about Gundam at all. I, I, I go. I only, yeah, I only know like a small little bit. And that's only because a, a friend of mine in high school was like super huge into it. And he showed me a, a few videos that he had sent to him from like a friend of his that lived in Japan. Mm. I mean, anybody that's gone to a hobby shop. And look to their model kit section. The Gundam section is off the friggin' hook. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Opa Gundam style. That I'm not. No, no, I'm not, no. He did that. <laughs> I, I, I did go to a. It's ja- endearing when I do it, Andy. <laughs> is it <laughs> not so much? Is it? <laughs> Explain that to me. It's <laughs> because I'm me and you're you. Oh, <laughs> it's XJ, extra Jeff. <laughs> He says that to his dates, too. Yeah. It's endearing when I do it. (laughs) Don't you do that. There's a Japanese hobby store that's open on the south end of town. Uh Uh-huh. And I checked it out this week. What's it called? Uh, I think it's called Japanese Hobby. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I like it. You know what you're getting into. I like it when a name (laughs) is straightforward. straightforward. Yeah. That is nice. And the the store is 80% Gundam models. Wow. Wow. Where is it? And this, uh, it is just before you reach Anthem on the south end of Eastern. Anthem oh, is way the, down there. That, that is the no man's land of driving. That is too much traffic. It is the last plaza before you get to Anthem, which is a, a retirees only community, 55 plus. Yeah. A perfect it place for a Japanese toy store. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like a gated community, but not gated. And it just, it's creepy. You're just driving and you're like, oh, I'm now suddenly in. Um, a different area of town. Pleasantville. It is very just, Pleasantville. Yeah, it is very... Ple- you're right. Absolutely. It's very Pleasantville. Yeah. It's also where my mom lives. It is it really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Andy, my mom used to call Summerlin I, Pleasantville. That's how I found out about the Japanese hobby ah. store. She's like, here's this place that's opened up by us. They seem to be a hobby store, but only Japanese products. We need to check it out. Mm. That's perfect. Andy, yeah. you should go down there and test out your Gundam style joke. Yes. Yeah. See how that works. I'm sure it'll kill you. Me, yes. <laughs> but... but I've always found the Gundam models fascinating, mm-hmm. but I don't know enough about Gundam itself to be that interested into it. I, I've, I've bought a, 
Evangelion model once made it for Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about the closest I've gotten to that. Wait, wait. You built the model? Yeah. You actually built it? And painted it. Wow. Yeah. And gave it to Paul. Yeah. Huh. But uh, that's, that's the closest I've gotten to Gundam. So I, I kind of like this whole new start because I feel like it's a place I can I'm sorry, get Matt's, to know it a bit. Matt's not here to do this. Are you sure you built it? <laughs> yes. All right. It's, one of, the, sure. it's one of the short list of things he's built. Okay. It's a very short list. I got your back, Matt. <laughs> Netflix is committing a reported 12 to $13 billion to programming this year. Whoa, that is that that just boggles my mind. Don't they mean coding more than a, mm. a uh, more than in <laughs> any other TV or film studio out there? According to a new report in The Economist, not only will the service spend upwards of twelve billion dollars to bring forward new shows while curating existing ones in 2018, the massive spend also suggests Netflix is still very much in growth mode. The service spent $9 billion on programming last year after spending roughly $7 billion in 2016. That news comes on the heels of a survey that shows the binging powerhouse has become the viewer's preferred way to watch TV, beating out both cable and broadcast television, which came in second and third as viewers' first access point. Boom. I do not remember the last time I've watched broadcast television. And simply blowing away by more than double the viewership its closest streaming competition. Boom! I was going to say, with all the vertical integration, they almost have to switch to entirely original programming if they're going to survive. Yep. Because, I mean, yep. you know, you've got the Time Warner AT&T, yep. and AT&T also owns DirecTV, yep. and then you've got Comcast, who owns Universal and is the nation's largest cable provider. Fortunately so, for Netflix, yeah. they're very good at making shows, apparently. So far, yeah. yeah. Well, That's what I've heard. Me too. Yeah, it is. It's it. It. I mean, when you hear that kind of money being dedicated for that, that's and it, kind they've of got exciting. too much stuff. I mean, I haven't even touched Lost in Space, which people tell me is brilliant. I haven't right. got a chance to watch Luke Cage too. I haven't watched Luke Cage. I yet. just hope that Netflix doesn't turn into, if you remember, sci-fi in the early two thousands when they'd had the Sci-Fi Channel original series, and it was like some series they bought in another country and just slapped the title on it, and you didn't always get the greatest series they've done that quite a few times have they yeah netflix uh, there's uh, some of their shows are rebrands or rebad some of that anime is like netflix original yeah. and i'm like what yeah so Only there it, it is like somebody produced it and then they bought the distribution rights I, then for the I, u.s that's my guess but i don't know but it's like some of it yes really? but i know one of them was made just for netflix at least and okay. that's not including castlevania that was made just for them too but right mm-hmm. is the voltron because that, that's, that's on that one's made just for netflix yeah. that's yeah. it's only available on netflix i can't remember the name of there's some norwegian horror tv show that they bought hmm. okay and uh borskin horske yeah that's the name yeah of it. <laughs> That was Swedish, Andy. Oh, shoot. Damn it. Oh, shoot. That's, all, that's why it's a horror show. It all takes place nah. in Sweden. <laughs> it's very confusing. Nothing scares those Norwegians more <laughs> than <Like> Swedes. <laughs> They're terrified of the Swedes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that was funny. 
continuing that story, genre programming has walked hand in hand with Netflix meteoric meteoric surge in popularity. So it stands to reason that a significant chunk of all those programming dollars will continue to bring fresh sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and animated content to the service. Cool. I'll stick with Netflix. Yeah, so far so good, right? No CBS access for me. Who needs it, right? All the recent talk of Netflix's growth have been accompanied by superlatives. In December last year, a viewership survey found that the service's increase in popularity roughly correlated with the decline of popularity for cable subscriptions. And in May, the company's market value officially eclipsed that of Disney. That's impressive. CBS All Access. Wait, whoa. Who? Yeah. Who? I didn't. Yeah. Netflix. Wow. Went beyond Disney in value. At least on the stock market, I believe. We must be in Week and Geek, right? This is. Yeah, I did Week and Geek a while ago. Okay, good. That'll teach me to go pee during Give a Shit CBS All Access keeps trying to entice me back. And I'm just like. No, not until uh, not until Star Trek Discovery starts back up. Mm-hmm. Just when's when's the Twilight it. Zone supposed to go on there? I guess that's my answer. All right. That's why CBS All Access is in a lull, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> lull. Just yeah, they, for the lulls. Yeah, they even started giving away like a, uh, they're doing a giveaway right now for like Apple TV um, boxes. So oh, that, to boy. To get people to come back. Wait, they're giving away like Apple Apple TV boxes to come if like you come an back, actual physical thing you can watch it on. Ap- yeah, Apple TV is like a Roku. It's this little right. uh, streaming oh, okay. box. You plug it in, you hook it up to your internet, and then uh, you so, stream. So, I, so it's I, another streaming device. So if I'm hearing this right, sign up for CB all, CBS All Access for a certain amount of time and get a free Apple. I don't know if they're giving it. A, I'd have to look it up. I don't. I think it's a giveaway as opposed to an actual like. Sign up and get it because I oh, know like, um, like sign up and you can win one. Yeah. Okay. Now on the and alternative if, and though, and a few pages of a book. I know Google was giving you away Chromecast devices for people that signed up for YouTube TV, which is their comp- uh, competition to CBS All Access as well as um, uh, Direct TV Now. So that's a streaming service with all the regular cable channels, including local TV stations. I'll admit. I am I am real curious about that Karate Kid show they've got on yes. YouTube. I am too. <clears throat> I am too. I um, hear really good things, and it's really scratching my button to watch it. Barry, I mean, Dr. Vlarg, totally said, you have to watch this. It's a moral imperative. I'm like, okay. I like the fact Billy Zabka has a sense of humor about his... Oh, excuse me. William Zabka has a sense yeah. of humor about his uh, role. About all of his roles, yeah. really. There's a... Um, there's a music video called Sweep the Leg mm-hmm. by a band called No More Kings that, that features William Zabka and, as playing Billy and living in a trailer. It's, oh, wow. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's, it's like, it's, there's, like a, there's like a five-minute preamble to it of just acting before it cuts into the song. Oh, wow. But it's called Sweep the Leg, and it's, uh, it's about Johnny from Kid Kid. What's the name of the band? Uh, no More Kings, which is a weird reference to Schoolhouse Rock. That, that which goes have, back I, to our 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 Fourth of July Patriots uh, tree thing. All right, that's the official the song. Oh yeah, yeah. no more kings. No more kings. We're gonna lift the government. No more kings. Yeah. No, keep going. I'm I'm dancing here. I'm trying to remember the words. We're gonna elect a president, not a government. We're gonna elect a president. Yeah. Do you remember that one? I barely remember that. It's one. difficult. Bill 
I'm just a bill is like the ants yeah, burned in your head. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's burned in. But And three is a magic number was the first one, and that one was just, yeah. It, it's funny because when you go through all the schoolhouse rock stuff, you start hitting stuff like, they did that? Right. They talked about that? What right. the, where the like, hell did like, that come Like from? number eight? That is a freaky weird song for a schoolhouse rock. It's What? It's two of four. Sorry. When you skate, mm-hmm. it's it would really be great, great mm-hmm. if you could skate. A figure eight. Yeah. That's a circle that turns round upon itself. Place it on its side and it's, it's a simple meaning. Infinity. That is that the most low key and, and and It's a very pretty so, little it's, song. It's a pretty little song, but it seems not to fit if you put it against the other ones. Mm. Like if you're watching the schoolhouse rock because it goes, cause it goes right into all. naughty number nine, and that yeah. thing's like earthy. <laughs> that is an earthy sucker, naughty number nine, man. Yeah. Oof. So, but that one just stands out because it's just so damn different. Yeah, musically. Yeah. Well, three is a magic number is pretty. Yeah, pretty and wonderful. There was a God. What was it? Somebody put out an album of a bunch of bands covering Schoolhouse yeah. Rock stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was pretty that. good. That was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Just like that Saturday morning cartoon album in the 90s i love that one that's a great album i was listening to that i mean, as i used to think of that as my you know well at least i listened to some modern music and then i realized that's you know 25 years old now yeah but modern bands yeah sure in high school when i was in kuwait uh sometimes during pe we'd play um <clears throat> with each other soccer oh yeah football thanks. and there was one guy he was actually a year ahead of us, but we PE was very was mixed, and there was a whole bunch of different grades mixed in. And uh, just like the rest of the world, you know, soccer, football is really big out in the Middle East. And his name was Ali Ali. It's a, his oh, family no. name was Ali, and his first name was Ali. Oh no! And so they'd be running around, and there'd be times when people were trying to set up a pass or something. And you would hear this, Ali, Ali! Get and your adverbs here. There are a couple of us <clears throat> who did that every fucking time. <laughs> and, and these kids who had no idea what Schoolhouse Rock was would look at us <laughs> like, what in the Now, fuck? that's my life, man. Telling jokes nobody else gets. It's funny. Uh, when I was You're in, living Andy's life is what we're saying. But it's endearing when I do it. Uh, yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> when I was in college... Um, since our uh, the film department was also part of the well the department of theater and film, so we had to do some sacrilege. I'm a some, this story. Some theater work and so forth, and we had uh, Schoolhouse Rock Live, which was ah, yes. staged the stage version of well, it's a musical uh, based on the TV show. Not the greatest, uh, not a great book. musical. Uh, it's it's funny because I I was super excited. I, I had to, to usher a few shows. I mean, the songs and I was are, they use the songs right? Yeah. So the songs are great. So that's just, what I was that's what I was about to say. Is like I was super excited about it because I I absolutely loved the TV series. I loved all the songs, and so you know after we sat everybody, we got to sit in the back of the theater and watch the watch the the musical and. And it's nothing against, you know, our theater department actors because they're really good. Just sitting there and going, I'm like, this is not... Live lollies just don't yeah. work. It just, it wasn't yeah. as much fun as watching the TV series. And I thought, well, maybe it's just because I'm older now. So I went back and watched some of the, the episodes of Schoolhouse Rock. And I'm like, no, it's just got to be the play. 
and it just it just didn't work as a as a musical play. Father, son, and lolly couldn't make it work. Yeah. For so, my and I had to watch went, it like five times because I had to usher several. Well, maybe shows. that's part of the problem. <laughs> my oh, no, dad went to a teaching convention and heard about this before it happened. So I, I knew about Schoolhouse Rock before it actually happened. I'm like, that oh. sounds interesting. Yeah. So, been and falling then the, a suck from the beginning. And there, then there was the "I Wish I Was a Carpenter" album. Oh yeah. yeah, all the Carpenter covers. I don't think I had that one. I've, been, I've heard it. I don't know if I had and it. that version of Superstar. You know what? I, I really think I rented it. From, I think I took it out of the library. I ah. think that's how I heard it. Wow, that's, that's some great cover albums in the nineties, yeah. dude. All right, where's where's my stories? All right. Oh, great. Now I got to do a sad story. No. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Steve Ditko. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Steve so Ditko, so the comic so artist and writer who co-created with Stanley. The characters of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Yep. He's died at the age of 90. An extremely reclusive artist who was still said to work in Midtown Manhattan Studio as of 2016 did not give an interview or make a public appearance in more than five decades. His contributions to comics and pop culture, however, cannot be understated. Launching his career in 1953, Ditko got a job two years later at Marvel Comics precursor Atlas. And in 1962, editor Stan began developing a teen superhero and after initially working with Jack Kirby, turned to Ditko. St- Spider-Man debuted in Amazing Fantasy number 15 in August 1962 with Lee and Ditko's initial 38-issue run, setting Peter Parker on the path to become one of the world's three most popular superheroes alongside Batman and Superman. A year later, in Strange Tales 110, July 1963, they introduced Doctor Strange, the master of the mystic arts. Ditko continued to work at Marvel, DC, Charlton, and other publishers before leaving mainstream comics in 1998, creating or co-creating characters like Squirrel Girl, The Question, The Creeper, and many more. So, yep. Godspeed, Disco. Disco. Um, Disco. Disco? Ditko. Ditko. Uh, he created um, The Question, I think. That's what I said. Yeah, but the question was, um, no, no. I'm, 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 the question I'm, was not whether he created the question. The question <laughs> is. No, is, is, am I remembering correctly that the question is. Um, is the answer. Is the basis of Rorschach. That is correct. Okay. Yes, that is the answer to your question. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. But the other question. Yes. But yeah. Uh, and Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove was his too. Hmm. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting for Kirsten to jump in with his, uh, you know, comic knowledge because he's definitely way more knowledgeable about that stuff, especially the uh, the the history with Marvel than I am. I mean, DC, I've got it on lockdown, but like Marvel, I'm just still still learning and stuff. Mm. But but yeah, I was waiting for you to chime in, and uh, I guess we covered it all. He, Pretty well, much. No, he had I had like a weird political bent too. So oh, that was, yeah. he was a he's a Ayn Randian. Yeah. And apparently that's uh, Stan Lee's fault. Oh, is it? Yeah. How's he that? actually introduced him to Ayn Rand. Physically? Uh, like, this is Ayn Rand. No, I like gave, you to... gave him no. a, a few books. Oh, okay. And apparently that sold Ditko, and for the rest of his life, and including his wacky character, Mr. A, who's this savagely morally black and white... Mr. E? Yeah, no, I was going to say, a, isn't it Mr. Mr. E? A or? And Mr. A. Mr. A, I don't know that one at all. Wow. Right. Look it up. I am. Rorschach is based on him. 
No, we as didn't. well as the question. Okay. In fact, somebody somebody said one time, "Have you heard of the Watchmen? You know, have you heard of the character Rorschach?" And the response. Ditko's response was, oh, he's like Mr. A, but crazy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, he was like a, he was like a, up to his earlobes, Randy, and so he, and very reclusive. There's a very cool thing. You can look this up on YouTube. It's where I saw it. Jonathan Ross and Neil Gaiman actually try to interview Ditko, and Ditko refuses. So, they, they, it was funny how they went on the search. They figured out where his studio in Manhattan was. And then they were like, well, he said no, but we're going to go up and talk to him. But we'll leave the camera down here. And it cuts to like an hour later. It's like, oh, wow, that was great. We knocked on the door. He let us in. We talked for a little bit. And that was after he said, no, leave me alone. No. <laughs> on the phone. So mm. um, they're very reclusive. But, yeah, and just... Just an amazing, amazing artist. I you always want to talk about his psychedelia because, mm. especially Doctor Strange, yes. that was so freaky cool. Um, but at the same time, just his, the basics, basic of his line work and stuff was was great. I remember looking over and over, like at his uh, his work in the the first Spider Man in Amazing Fantasy. Mm. It's just great. Great line work, great spidery. When you have detail. a painting of by uh, Ross on Ross. your wall based on <clears throat> that cover from Amazing Fantasy, right? Although that cover is actually Kirby. It's a Kirby cover. I don't yeah, uh, Ditko's cover. It believe it or not, yeah, Ditko's cover was not not um, exactly what Lee wanted. Mm. So he had Kirby Kirby it. Um, which is ironic because you got the whole argument over who came up with uh, Spider-Man. And there is some <clears throat> there are a couple of good YouTube videos discussing that, mm. um, dealing uh, either the history of Marvel or dealing like the history of Jack Kirby. And it gets to be some very interesting discussions. So, we'll, so a quick research here on Mr. A. Uh, he retained the rights to that, so it was his own yep. creator own character, which is perfect for an Ayn Rand based character. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Uh, and he Ditko's been quoted as saying that uh, Mr. A is uh, the question rather is a comics code acceptable version of Mr. A. Mm-hmm. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was funny because the the question apparently was a a, a lot harsher. In the when the originally came out, as opposed to later on, because well, all all the characters being Superman is is killing people left yeah. and right in the early episodes. Yeah. The early, early, yeah. Yeah. but the, but I, yeah, but I mean that's that's in the forties and fifties. Right. The questions later than that, um, but uh, as opposed to the question in the Justice League Unlimited. Um, cartoon series, which uh, voiced by Jeffrey Combs. Oh. Yes. Ah. Uh, and uh, wonderfully voiced by Jeffrey yes! Combs. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. What a perfect. What a perfect choice. When I was on the uh, my cruise down to the Bahamas, um, they had like three or four uh, episodes of Justice League Unlimited on, but it was like the same three or four repeated. And I want to say two of them were with the the ones with the question. And so I kept catching it at different intervals and just just 
totally took me back to when that came out and just listening to Jeffrey Combs and his delivery on those lines, just he nailed it. Just totally nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed the question. Mm. Also, not the only one to pass this week. A favorite actor of Terry Gilliam, Derek O'Connor, died on June 29th in Santa Barbara, California. Character actor, he was 77. Dublin-born O'Connor starred as the villainous Peter Vorstetz in Lethal Weapon 2, as well as appearing in three of Gilliam's films, Time Bandits, Jabberwocky, and Brazil. In the latter, he played a member of the Central Services. Some of his other genre performances include small parts in the 70s sci-fi feature The Final Program and the fantasy Hawk the Slayer, as well, ah. as, well as Thomas Aquinas opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Satanic End of Days and as captain of Deep Rising's horror-bound ship. Uh, stage and screen actor was also a TV mainstay working on shows like Alias and Ghosts. And one more loss, character and voiceover actor Dennis Akiyama, best known for playing the fictionalized version of Pac-Man creator Toru Awatani in Pixels and for voicing the characters of Iceman, Bobby Drake, Silver Samurai, and Sunfire in X-Men the Animated Series. Died on June 30th in his hometown of Toronto, Canada. Born May 28th in 1952 in Toronto, Dennis Van Akiyama studied psychology at York University, later worked in child care before shifting his focus to acting at George Brown College. In addition to Pixels, Akiyama's films include Johnny Mnemonic, Repo Men, and Resident Evil Afterlife. He was a prolific voice actor whose work can be heard in such animated series as Sailor Moon, X-Men, The Adventures of Tintin, Monster House, Little Bear, Delilah and Julius, and Scaredy Squirrel as well in such animated series as Power Stone and Metabots. Akiyama also appeared in an episode of the TV series 12 Monkeys. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I just went back and looked at, looked at pictures of Derek O'Connor while you were doing that. Derek O'Connor, yes. Yeah, um, I, I've seen him in a bunch of things. Yes, he's one have. of those that guys, but he's a that guy who I don't recognize from movie to movie because he does change his look quite a bit from... Yes. Wow, it's uh, impressive. Uh, I mean... Uh, here's a picture of him from uh, Time Bandits, where he was in one of uh, Robin Hood's Merry Men. Yes. Uh, I, I think he's the guy that's punching people. That sounds punching, right. Punching the poor randomly. <laughs> um, but then he, here he is as a villain. Don't and say that's that too blue. loud. They're, they're taking suggestions. Of that's a good DC. point, yeah. Huh? Yeah, no, he definitely changed his look quite a bit from movie to movie. It's, uh, wow. Cool. Did we ever talk on the show about the documentary, the guy that was in that thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's... There's there's another one, the girl that was in that thing. Which, ah. if you haven't seen that one, but watch both of those documentaries. It's really a fascinating uh, study about um, people who get into acting and become character actors, or not even just character actors become, you know, that guys the you know the consummate guest star or you know fill in for whatever, and just you know like you recognize their face, but they're not names that you would automatically go. Oh, this this star, this big star, you know, it's um, I know this person, but I don't know where I know him from. They're right. Both excellent documentaries. Is, Definitely is, check is them Taylor out. Is Taylor Negron in that? It seems like he that seems be. about right. I was it thinking the same. Be, yeah, um, I th- I don't remember if he is or isn't. I'm gonna have to go back and yeah. and look at that again. Because some of those that guys are people that does stick in my head, and some are just like, oh, there's that face again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were before. Uh, 
we went to Eid. I saw that you were watching uh, Buckaroo Banzai. I was, yes. What? I didn't see much of it. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, nothing was I'm I'm going to talk to to the Light Forge Studios and see if I can get their, get their space and, and we can watch both movies on their giant screen and their couches. But that's that movie's full of that guys. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely full of that and like, guys. I was like, oh yeah, that's the guy that was playing the heavy in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He's in yep. there. And he's, it's, it's all, yep. all over that movie. Yep. The new adaptation of Stephen King's 1980 novel Firestarter has found a director. Uh, Fatia Aiken, the German director who helmed last year's dark revenge drama and Golden Globe winner for Best Foreign Film, In the Fade, has been tapped by Bloomhouse Productions to get behind the camera. King's novel is a horror-sci-fi hybrid about a little girl who can start fires with her mind, the result of drug experiments performed on her mother and father by a clandestine government agency called The Shop. Mm. When The Shop murders her mother and decides it wants little Charlie back... To see what makes her tick, she and her dad go on the run. The book was adapted in 1984 by director Mark L. Lester, with a cast that included Drew Barrymore as Charlie, David Keith as her dad Andy, Martin Sheen as the head of the shop, and oddly cast George C. Scott as Native American Rainbird. He was super creepy in that movie. He was, but... But Weird yeah, guy not, chooses not, a Native American. Yeah, he Indian. was definitely not Native American, but man, creepy in that role. Uh, two-part TV movie sequel, Firestarter Rekindled. Uh, I, ba- I just barely remember that, That too. was in 2002 on the Sci-Fi Channel. And the script for the new Firestarter is being written by Scott Teams, while the producers include Jason Bloom, of course, and Akiva Goldsman, names that appear all the time on this show. Uh, Martha De Laurentiis, who was the associate producer on the 84 movie, her, husband's, uh, her late husband's, Dino's company, was behind the original, she will serve as executive producer. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Next story. Got to limber up a bit. Okay. Uh, lots of names. Yep. Nope, not lots of names. Lots of information. Are we at oh, the boy. hour 40 mark? Is that what it's going to? Is that why you're limbering up? Nope, but boy, I better. It's getting that <laughs> close. And, and, and every time I hear the thunder outside, I know that every minute we continue on to this show is a risk. Mm. So, so is it going to be now switching to the montage of you warming up to the tune of Thunderstruck? No. So that, so that you're... No. <laughs> you roll right into the... Thunderstrucking at all. <laughs> it's Geek Chalk. We're playing Geek Chalk. Wow. Geek Chalk Chicken. Oh, I thought I was going to say roulette, but sure. Geek Chalk. Yeah, sure. Chicken, chicken roulette. Chicken with a lightning bolt. Better, much better than uh, chicken bingo. Oh, much better. Jesus. What about chicken tic tac toe? Oh, I uh, I get uh, behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I actually was at some. I think I mentioned this before. I was at some weird little southern fair thing, little oh, roadside yeah. attraction. Oh yeah, and I, and I saw the dancing chicken thing and didn't know oh, about it until no. later. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe we actually put a quarter in to watch a chicken dance. Thank you. But, I'm so uh, glad. Oof. Oh, is that one of those? Yeah, they, they torture the chicken to make it dance? Yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's a hot plate. Yeah, it basically warms up and makes it, yeah. Makes it, makes you it. You put a quarter in, there's a chicken in a box, in a, in a glass box. And you put a quarter in and a chicken dances. And the reason it's dancing is because the quarter turns on the hot plate below its feet. Evil sons of bitches. Wow. I, I, I wanna know if the the uh the tic tac toe one is as torturous now because I, think that I have 
done that at a county fair where I you put think, the quarter in I and watch that, it play I think that tic-tac-toe one, against you. I think you're you're playing against a simple computer, yeah. and when you put the quarter in, that just opens up the feed box for okay. the chicken. So it has to place the so. Because, because, yeah, because the hot not, plate thing. Yeah, it's not dancing or anything like that. It's just pecking in a certain area, and it's just pecking at feed. Okay. Yeah, I think you're safe. I think you're morally safe. <laughs> of course, someone out there could prove you wrong. And I'm sure they'll write in and tell you. If they and did. then there was the giant toads we saw at the uh, that fair in Indiana. Remember that? I don't remember this. You at don't remember all. that? Yeah. The, the what? 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 Is what, this what one of those stories where you remember it and he doesn't like me and Kay? No, he he took me to this fair. We, what, was we, it the lo- the local fair in my my county? The, yeah, the county fair. Yeah, what I, I can't remember the name of the county fair. Cumberland Valley shows. Oh, re- your parents tell- dropped us off, and we went on a bunch of rides and. Okay. We also went into the the sideshow area where all the, you know, the freaky things are, and there were these toads that were, like, the size of a small dog, and it was just kind of weird. Okay, they didn't move right a whole lot during the whole. You know, you could see them breathing. They would occasionally. Yeah, you're right. Like, there was that little, the little Ripley's Believe It or Not style sideshow yes. that you paid yeah. oh. two tickets to see. It's funny. It sounds like that Japanese killer toad video. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? No. It's a toad that will eat anything. And so it's in a glass box, the the classic glass box, and they're throwing snakes. Oh. Uh, they throw a scorpion. Oh, okay. Um, a, a, a giant centipede, and that toad just sits there. It lands by it, and then when it gets close enough, it's just like... <laughs> And it just grabs it with its, you know, it op- it lunges, its tongue grabs it. You see, like, the scorpion is crunched in its mouth. And the, the tail is, like, trying to sting the, the toad, and it's not going through. Can't go through that iron tongue. Um, it can, we, just... can we get one of those for the house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's okay. We got Kit. Yeah. Kit needs a buddy. Well, Kit, Kit is Kit is our scorpion spotter, but not a yeah, our he's, scorpion no. He's just a scout. He goes on recon. Reports back, and then then I crush him. How often do you get scorpions in your place? Actually, uh, this summer I've I've now discovered four, four overall, two in the last week. And all the times I've been there, never checked my shoes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got to fix the window. Yeah, I, oh. I I have a torn screen, and I think that has to do with no. He has he. I tore his screen. He's being polite. <laughs> I'm not surprised, I, yeah. but it wasn't Kit this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you walk through it? No, I leaned something against it when I was building something. He 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 was sitting in a chair doing one of his projects. He had the chair pushed up against the screen, and he apparently shifted himself and turned the chair and just. Uh, yeah. And now, I, now scorpions. I open the window and I'm like, "Oh, Andy, be careful!" And he's like, "Oh, I'm so ah." And just yeah. and I and, jumped right on it four months ago. You yeah, know what's, well, what's bizarre. I, I've lived in this city for eighteen years. I know scorpions live in and around the entire city. Mm-hmm. I have no, never not, seen a live one. They don't live in the around the middle of the city. Is pretty scorpion free. They yeah. uh, they're especially on the when you live on the second floor like we do. I just I mean because I've gone to people's houses where I've seen dead ones like they crushed one, but I've never seen a live one in the whole time I've been out here. Um, I would agree. I don't know that I've ever seen a scorpion at anyone else's place. 
my ex's house gets scorpions now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I remember because after I left the guitar show. Yeah, up. you you were getting called. Yep. Can you come over and take care of the scorpion? Which yeah. happened to me like two weeks ago when I was at Francine and Jerry's and there's a message from Duncan. Uh, when are you coming home? Because there's a scorpion. I think I think Kit found a scorpion. So I call him and he tells me that Kit was staring at a box. And so he he was like, are you coming home soon? Because I think there's a scorpion in the box. I think I saw a scorpion in the box. And I'm like, well, I'm not coming home just yet. Well, and I go, uh, my scorpion crushers on top of the fridge. You know, you just use that, and you have to grind down. You can't sure. just smack them. No, yeah. And uh, just sh- and, and a then, shell. And I'm saying this, and the the other side of the line is totally silent. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, "Yeah, I think I'm just gonna put the box outside." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he put it this, right this out. Is what, the this back. is what he does. Is oh, his uh, Owen Wilson, and you know what? In, what in your experience with me makes you think I'm capable of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and sure enough, I went home, I dumped the box over, I shook out, because it had packing paper. Oh, okay. So I shook out the paper, and boop, it hit the floor, and I just... Hey, (laughs) even moving the box outside was a giant step for Duncan. I give him kudos for that. (laughs) I actually think he was a little concerned for Kit, because he said... See? Just before he called me, he said he was was afraid Kit was actually going to try to, like, bat it with the paw. He said Kit... Would, would like half reach into the box. Oh, the little half. Yeah, mm, the, the whole the tentative. Because mm-hmm. usually, Kit, you know something's there because he's just huddled up staring at the carpet. And that's when you're like, uh-oh. But this one, he was starting to get a little interested. Mm. So I think I think Duncan was a little worried. Yeah, yeah. well, he's a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a good, he's 21. He's a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Here's the story. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a soda. A lovely lady. All right. The DC Universe streaming service is almost ready to go live. Oh, that. This is gonna lay down. Oh God. What the DC streaming universe is gonna be like. Uh, DC Entertainment's announcing that its new subscription-based digital channel will officially launch this fall. Exact date still to be announced. I got a feeling that's coming at Comic-Con. That's just my thoughts. Following a beta test beginning in August. The comic book company is hoping to take its share of the streaming market, offering fans original content, along with a substantial catalog of older movies, TV series, and as we speculated before, digital comic books. Oh. The service, which was first announced in April 2017, will be highlighted by several previously announced original series, including Titans, a live-action drama based on the Teen Titans super team featuring Robin, Raven, Starfire, and Beast Boy. That show will launch this fall and will lead to a Doom Patrol spinoff coming in 2019, featuring DC Comics' team of outcast heroes. Other original shows premiering on the service next year include Young Justice Outsiders, Harley Quinn, an animated comedy featuring the popular villain, and Swamp Thing, a live-action horror drama featuring the human-plant hybrid. The back catalog of DC-themed programming includes all four of Christopher Reeve's Superman movies and several animated movies, including All-Star Superman, Batman Year One, Justice League vs. Team Titans, all those. Uh, the TV archives feature remastered HD version of 1970s Wonder Woman series starring Linda Carter and the beloved 1990s cartoon Batman the Animated Series. Other, oh, that's good. 
Other offerings include Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman, Constantine, Static Shock, and Super Friends. What others. about the uh, uh, the the uh, Berlanti verse stuff? That's Is that funny because that's the next sentence. Really, right you there. were about to talk about that. That's right. That I next sentence. Never would have figured the CW's Arrowverse shows will not be available as they are exclusive to Netflix. Oh, good. A, oh, but that has been constant. That means Constantine is not going to be folded into Netflix. Con, that's right. Constantine uh, is going to be on the, the DC streaming service. Yeah, okay. but he's th- part of it because they've crossed right. over into the. Okay. Well, he's he's going to be on Legends of Tomorrow. So, oh. the portrayal uh, uh, by um, uh, Matt Ryan, right? I can't remember that's his name the actor's anymore. name. Sure, I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan's the name of the actor. Uh, the portrayal is going to continue with him as Constantine, at least for this upcoming season of legends but as far as a standalone series we're probably not going to get one on cw since it seems like it's going to be on what you just said so are they going to continue the series uh, no i think it's just gonna be what they did okay yeah the nbc a unique feature to the service will be the availability of digital comic books which can be displayed on any connected device including large screen televisions the company promises a curated selection of thousands of DC comics, both old and new. Uh, notably, Action Comics number one, first appearance of Superman, Detective Comics number 27, that's Batman's debut, and several series from the new 52 reboot, including Justice League, Supergirl, Aquaman, plus classic titles like The Dark Knight Returns, The New Teen Titans, and DC The New Frontier. DC Universe will also include a new community space, replacing the long-departed DCComics.com message boards. At the preview session, DC execs were eager to point out that the space will be moderated, an attractive feature in this age of toxic trolling. Yes. Uh, The service will also be available on iOS, Android, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Uh Android TV. Nothing about Microsoft here. I'm not watching it on my phone. Plus uh, via web and mobile app. Just did. Fans can sign up now. At DCUniverse.com to be part of the beta test. Uh, pricing for the service was has not been announced yet. I'll just piggyback off of Jeff's account. There <laughs> you go. I have a feeling I'm going to subscribe to this one. Yeah. The, the comic book thing still sells me. Mm-hmm. It's Especially if they're going to do it because I've enjoyed watch, reading digital comic books on a tablet. How much was the Marvel one? Uh, the Marvel one, oh, what was it? I think it was like 10 bucks a month. Okay. And... Uh, but I like that single panel view, and I think that's you can just do one panel at a time mm-hmm. that fills up the screen. I would like to see that on a large screen television. I think that would work nicely. Mm. You wouldn't want, since the televisions are 16 by 9, you wouldn't want both pages side by side? I'm, sh- I'm sure that option is available, but I would okay. rather have this, the panel, panel by at panel. A time. Yeah, on, on my Kindle app on my phone, it, it's an option. But you don't yeah. have to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, big screen or not, it's once you blow up that comic page, you're going to get up to your screen to see some of that stuff. And yeah. a, a lot of them, they, they do a nice job. Too. Yes. Like they'll have a big, you'll have a big half page panel. Right. But they'll come in on like a quarter of it to give you the first sighting detail. And then right. when you swipe, it'll expand. And mm. it's like it, right. they, they do some nice touches like that when they do them well. I've, yeah, I was gonna say I've, watched, I've read a couple of comics now on my uh, my Kindle Fire, and I like how it does, uh, especially when you do run into the the two page spread where the artwork goes all the way across both pages. They give me the individual panels, and then it 
pops out to see show the artwork and then yeah. goes back in. Well, that's good because I mean, there's, cool. there's a lot of work goes into making the yeah. page work as a whole. Yeah, uh, nothing oh, yeah, gets lost on that. Stuff. In fact, yeah. in fact, like Kay says, I love when they do that when they focus on that one thing of the character bubble and they're looking out, and then the next swipe will bring you the full page out, and then it will come back into a certain part of it. It's it's a curated view of that art. Yeah, mm. I mean, you really have to know your shit to do that appropriately. But so far. Every time I've encountered I'll be interested to see when they actually start making comics for the medium. Yep. When they actually start creating them directly for the medium. Like that was what Scott McCloud said this years ago about internet comics. Is that the medium hasn't been explored properly yet. And his example was he actually created a, a, a comic that was uh, his character Zot falling. And it was a giant, tall, scrolling thing. You kept scrolling further and further down. And I mean, if you printed the thing out... It would have been probably, you know, you know uh, three inches wide and 18 feet tall. <laughs> but that was, you know, one panel but of the character falling and you're following him as his progress as he falls through something. Especially if you do an in- eventual integration to where you do the swipe mm-hmm. and the whole thing but the character swipes to the next panel. Ooh. So the character just sits there in the center. Those are the kind of things you can do with that medium mm-hmm. that you're not going to be able to do with the comic. Right. What's, what is also fascinating is that so many comics even intended for print, more and more so, are being drawn and colored digitally. Oh, sure. Even before it's printed. So it's fascinating that they're they're not adapting it towards, you know, e-readers, tablets. I think, I think that's what we're coming so to do forth. right now. And then, yeah. So, yeah, they're still doing the page layouts like you would do as a printed page mm-hmm. and then doing the enhancements like uh, for e-readers. Mm. All right. That's just an interesting side note. Yeah. I think this next one's going to be the last story we're going to end on. All right. Because uh, I, just, I just don't want to push our luck with this storm. Seems like the majority of it has passed. <laughs> and the thunder Zap. rolls. Yes. Mm, and the thunder I'm, rolls. I'm, I'm impressed we've gotten this far. This is great. Right. Tempting the fates. Right. And plus this next story. I, I want to read this really bad. Samantha, the famous sex robot. Yes. Huh? <laughs> you know, Samantha. The famous sex robot. She that chick you introduced me to that one time? <laughs> Wouldn't talk to me? Quiet, bitch. From creator Dr. Sergey Santos has been given a major upgrade. She is now able to refuse sex from her human partner if wow. she's not in the mood <laughs> or is feeling disrespected. All right, finally, it's more realistic. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave, but I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> Who is this Alexis bitch? <laughs> the latest upgrades were demonstrated to a panel of sexperts at the Life Science Center in Newcastle, England. The upgrade will allow Samantha to enter dummy mode, an unresponsive state Ew. due to a variety of reasons that include an overly aggressive partner. She can also enter this mode if she feels bored with her partner's attentions. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just not that kind of AI. <laughs> Samantha is meant to be a realistic partner. She has motorized hips. Uh, hands and a motorized face, which can whisper endearments to her partner if properly stimulated. So you didn't properly stimulate Smith. That's why she didn't talk to you. <laughs> In addition to her sex mode, she also has modes for family and romantic, as well 
candy. <laughs> Mom, dad. <laughs> I'd like you to meet some men. Oh my god. <laughs> as well as settings for an extra naughty level. Uh-huh. <laughs> According to a study from Fork Tip. Sorry, what? Fork Tip? <laughs> Fork Tip? Fork tip you. <laughs> Fork tick tipped tongue. Mm. Uh, 71% of men and 50% of women would replace their partners with robotic sexual surrogates. Dr. Santos himself claims that the use of Samantha has saved his own 16-year marriage as she has provided an opportunity for him to satisfy his urges even when his wife isn't in the mood. And the actual ramifications of realistic sex dolls are yet to be seen, but they could very well be on the horizon. Samantha's on her way to the open market and will be priced at around $4,700. The actual release date has not been named. Wow. I know when the actual release will be. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So, there was an NPR this afternoon, (laughs) and they were talking about uh, the Alexa and uh, Siri and all those things. And there's uh, people out there who don't like the fact they all have female voices. Because, and this was like a weird argument, if somebody hears somebody yelling at their Siri, there's like a parent yelling at the Siri, they might disrespect women because it's a female voice. They might imprint on that. It was a really weird convoluted thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I have to agree with that. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I know that for the, at the, as far as the reason they chose the AI voice is that the types of voices they choose for Google and Siri and so forth are ones that are somewhat authoritative so that you're going they're going to be believable when they respond to your questions right as well as soothing and pleasant to the ear but that's here in America in England yes. they use a male voice that's true but they well I, I if I remember correctly England you have your choice of a male or a female voice yeah, they have a male voice it's the default one is male in England okay and and I mean it's obviously a much more complicated issue than this but right. I mean I bring it up because this sex robot thing is like whoa why that it's the thing I heard in NPR cranked up to, uh, to 11 <laughs> wow that's bizarre <laughs> is is a sex robot a fantasy or is it a, re- a reality? Uh, it'll be a reality pretty soon for $4,700. Yeah. Is this just fantasy? The reason I ask is I remember thinking of a TNG script that it, it's, it was a pure exercise in thought. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with, with ever being made, but it was the idea of if Jeffrey Dahmer had access to a hollow suite and everything he did was in the hollow suite, to holograms never ever did a real thing to a human being has he committed a crime is he morally reprehensible or is it merely creepy behavior i will say he hasn't committed a crime but definitely moral reprehensible behavior yeah also that sort of serial killers tend to escalate so yeah. eventually he'd be going off and killing the crew members. I mean that was that was kind of on uh, Dexter one of the things that they did early on in the series where they showed that he um, you know he had his outlets for his killing needs and then you know eventually those didn't work anymore so he moved on to humans and so forth but that is that is in you know in that kind of psychopathy the escalation does happen and you might 
try to do a substitution and say, okay, this is just fantasy. I'm going to act out my fantasies, and then in real life, I don't need to. Occasionally, it will tend to bleed over with that type of personality type, mm-hmm. you know, typically somebody who is a sociopath. Um, but you, you mean for like most... Hel- Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. Yes. Yeah, okay. For most people with a healthy, <laughs> I should say healthy fantasy life, mm-hmm. they know that it's fantasy. They know that they, you know... When they, if they find the right partner to act it out on, act it out with, I should say, excuse me, that <laughs> just be quiet while I enjoy this. <laughs> that it act stays it out on people. You heard it. It stays in that relationship, and then probably just doesn't sex robot on the other. No, <laughs> but again, it depends on whether it's a sociopathic just, type personality. Oh, well, well, to, to, oh, to venture into creepy controversy, the, yeah. the reason I'm asking is. Right now, the the sex robot is is depicting a human being. It's depicting a legal age. Um, where do you go? I mean, can you? Because it's like I know that the rules for child pornography are actually kind of explicit in terms of stating that you can't even you can't even I think you can't even do computer representations you can't even do 3d art images of child pornography you can't can't draw it either legally yeah you where where no children are involved right but the 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 it's still illegal so with the robot there's tremendous opportunity there for that kind of action i think there's some because weirdly crossover i mean there's some like borderline stuff where they have like um not robots, but sex dolls that are sort of anime style. Right. It will right. be as with any tool. It will have opportunities to be used properly for treatment and so forth. And it will also be an outlet to be misused, mm-hmm. just like any tool that we have in our entire Well, like world. you said, the yeah. escalation argument. Yes. Because what if, I mean, I can see an argument of let's get these for for pedophiles so that they're not actually harming real children. But, but I see, know that one of the things in the treatment of pedophilia is actually controlling your impulses and urges and getting away from that. And so with something to act out on, you're not controlling. Yeah, I don't think we should be giving in to pedophiles' desires. I think we should be <laughs> Well, that's, that's, I'm not talking about giving yeah. in. I'm talking about... As a potential uh, a potential device? for treatment or protecting children, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm totally against any any approach that might protect children, but people will object to for squeakiness or something. It's like fuck that. Let's find something that actually is effective in protecting kids. So I don't know if it if it is a giving in or not. And uh, children, what about a sex robot dog? Well, they got the blow up sheep. Yeah, you know what the about embraceable you, right? What about the sex? What about the sex robot Sasquatch? I mean, now we're talking. Yeah, well, now you're, you're talking about Second Life stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of like weird mm-hmm. sex creatures in Second Life. Yeah, is that still a thing? Must still be. A I thing. think it's still there. Yeah, I think Second Life still so, runs. Imagine the opportunities for furries. Oh, right there it is. Yeah, there it is. What would you have sex with? Write to us comments at UglyCouchShow.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think that's a door you want to open. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, what's your furry? <laughs> Jake, don't answer that. <laughs> you might want to edit that out when you go in. Nope. <laughs> Keeping it. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I've, I've finished uh, a book by Cargill. I can't remember his first name. Uh, he's one of the writers of the uh, Doctor Strange movie. Okay. Okay. He wrote a fantastic novel called Sea of Rust, mm-hmm. which is about what happens to the robots after the great AI uprising and the society they build after the humans are gone. Mm-hmm. And There's nothing how, to maintain. And how they end up going to war with the mainframes of the world. Mm. Wow. Who are basically borging all of the uh, individualized robots. Oh. It's a, it's a really good story if you're interested in the whole AI story. Wow. And of course... I would hate to be City of Rust. Is that what we said? Uh, no. Sea of sea Rust. Rust. Sea of Rust. And okay. I, w- I would hate to be that human having sex with their robot when Skynet flips that switch. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you're having sex with every robot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an old story. <laughs> <laughs> and a dream come true. And until next week, I, I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Totally not a sex robot. Fact checked Andy. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Says I can't, you. He can't prove that statement. <laughs> Yeah, really. I don't want him to prove that statement. Andy's got three speeds. Slow, medium, and holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Can I put that on my business card? <laughs> sure. I can